0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is away this week, but I am joined by Stephanie Fuccio. She is the host of the Geopats podcast, and she's an expat who spent well over a decade living abroad, all over Asia from Taiwan to where she is now in Shanghai, China, but not for long. We are on the eve of a big move and she joins us. Stephanie, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So this episode of The Bittersweet Life is going to be a little bit different than other episodes we do because Stephanie and I are creating it over time. Um, we're going to record three times we're going to do right before Stephanie moves which is right now and then through the magic of radio we'll jump ahead to when she's in a brand new place uh, just barely in a brand new place and then we're going to check in again six months down the line and by the magic of radio you're going to hear it all in one episode so this will be kind of an interesting experiment (laughs) so so tell us where are you right now
1: Yeah, I'm in Shanghai, China. I've been here for almost three years. We're leaving a few days short of our three year anniversary here. Okay. And uh, I've got nine days before we move to Berlin, Germany. All right. So what brought you to Shanghai and why are you leaving? Leaving a PhD program and um, wanting to go back to familiar. We've lived in, my husband and I have lived in Asia in general for a long time, for over a decade in different countries. And we did a very amicable break with the PhD program, but we know we wanted something familiar, which we had lived and worked in Shanghai before. And we know we wanted a job that didn't really require a lot of brain power. So we came back to a job we had done before. And our goal was to stay here two or three years to kind of upskill, uh, unwind, recoup, physically and mentally recover from the intensity of the PhD program and um, figure out what was next. Wow. And that was that was the original plan.
0: And so what is next is now Berlin. Right. Why is that <laughs> for one?
1: Um, we took a vacation there a couple of years ago. And we took three months for Spain in different locations in Spain because we both had this fascination with Spain and we wanted to go there really, really badly. So we took a long time there and then one week in Berlin and we ended up wanting to do it in reverse. We ended up falling in love with Berlin and going, why didn't we spend just a whole month in Germany, damn it? Yeah, no kidding.
0: What are you going to do there? Well, uh,
1: my husband's doing a data science boot camp for three months and then hopefully slipping into a job because they have a lot of connections. And I am still figuring out, and this this is part of the uncertainty of the move, I'm still trying to figure out one of two paths to go down initially. Mm -hmm. One is to go down the freelancer route. And the other one is to get they have these beautiful six month work seeker visas. And you can apply for those and spend six months finding work. And there's all kinds of like marketing and copywriting and those kinds of jobs that are similar to what I've been doing that I could bleed over into the workforce. So I could I could do one of the two and I'm not sure where I'm going to land yet. So you've spent
0: over a decade in Asia, you've been in Taiwan and Vietnam, and I can't even remember the whole list of places. Thailand, too?
1: Yeah, I had to make a list. I know. It's it's a (laughs) lot.
0: Um, So, I mean, obviously, living in Asia is a very different thing than living in Europe. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling on the dawn of the huge change?
1: Uh, This is really hard to explain, but my parents are from Italy. And when I went to Italy when I was... 31 32. my early 30s when I went to Italy I thought since my entire life people talked away my quirks as oh she's just Italian her parents are Italian that's just what they do they're very strange they're very you know flamboyant anything that was different than quote-unquote regular American it was just brushed away as me being Italian so I thought when I went to Italy I would find my people and I had a huge culture shock because they weren't the Italians that I grew up with with my family they were much more subdued, much more sophisticated, much more, just very different characteristics. And I had a really big culture shock. So part of that view of Europe is still in my head. It's not just Italy for me. There's a pressure for me with Europe. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I, I kind of expect that I'll never make it there, that I'll never be able to live there long term because I'm not European enough, which makes sense. I grew up in the U.S. I'm not European, <laughs> but I have that European thing running through my blood. I grew up thinking I was. So it's it's a weird mind trick that's happening in my head.
0: Did you have any of these same anxieties in moving to Asia?
1: I was still pretty naive as far as being an expat when I first moved to Asia, and I didn't know what to expect. But similar to Pico Iyer, who is one of my favorite displaced but comfortable people in the world, the travel writer, I feel much more comfortable in places where I'm not expected to fit in than in places where I probably should be able to. So uh, Asia, although there was culture shock, I could understand I'm very different. I grew up very different. These are different cultures. In Europe, I feel the pressure because I'm supposed to understand and I don't. Right,
0: (laughs) right. Yeah. And and you also said an interesting thing. I thought that That you expect a country to change you every time you move to somewhere new. Yeah. And that if you don't let it change you, that's what stresses you out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even that it changes. mm, It kind of brings out or like enhances or kind of mute certain parts of us, I think. So you've
0: been in Shanghai for the last three years. You have nine days left. What regrets are you feeling about this decision at this point?
1: I don't I don't do regrets. No, I do lists. And I do like goals. And I constantly reevaluate stuff. But I don't really do regrets.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to moving, are you a person who once it's decided, you just move forward?
1: Very much so 100%. I want to start planning and packing immediately. Like I had to make a date with my husband on when I could start to sell things (laughs) to get ready when I could start to tell people like we had to like, agree on it because as soon as we decided i wanted to start moving for me it was over then i'm like okay we're done with shanghai now we're gonna start planning the new place so i need to get rid of this old place and so yeah i'm very quick to turn but i'm like that in relationships too by the time i've decided to break up with someone i'm over them
0: yeah just because it's kind of fun to see if we can foretell things (laughs) do you have any predictions about how you'll change in berlin
1: Oh, I don't do regrets, but I do do projections far too much. And I, I, my hands are up in the air because part of me thinks there's going to be the explosion of community. And then part of me thinks that there's something else that will come out that I don't even know yet.
0: Okay. So final thought, what's the last thing you want to leave us with before we send you on your merry way and we meet you up with you in just a few moments in Berlin?
1: (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) dark. Okay, go. I thought, I mean, I've lived in, I can't believe it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven places longer than three months. A lot of them were a year or two. And I thought, honestly, this would be the easiest move. We've been there before. We're not going sight unseen. We're bringing two suitcases each and a carry-on each. Like, we're literally getting rid of everything. So I thought this would be the easiest move. And after all of those countries and, like, 15 years of living overseas, and I'm actually finding this to be the hardest move mentally. I don't know if it's because I'm close to 50. I don't know if it's because we've made so many connections while we're here or because both of us, my husband and I, have both really flourished in the things that we've tried to do in our upskilling it's turned into so much more than what we planned I don't know if it's because of that or what it is but I find this is the hardest one to unplug from I try to envision my life in Berlin and although this is a conscious choice we're not going because of a company we consciously want to move countries and we have picked where we're going but I find that my brain can't really wrap my head around not being here right now that's flooring me because normally I used to move every year and excitedly like the first three months I'd be excited to be in a place then by month six I'm already planning the move and then by month nine I'm already selling stuff and getting ready to go and making plans to live in a new place so after three years the fact that I'm still finding it hard to leave mentally that really floors me it doesn't seem to get easier with each move is what I'm saying and that's really surprising to me
0: Well, and how is that manifesting? Are you sad, crying, or just baffled?
1: A little bit of crying. I'm an easy crier, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, How is it manifesting? Well, I have had vertigo for a week, but there seems to be a, I also had head injury last month, so it might be connected to that. But the way my doctor's looking at me, I think he thinks it's a lot of stress also. So maybe it's manifesting that way. There's no way to tell, but How is it manifesting? That's a good point. I don't know.
0: That's a really good question. (laughs) Maybe that's how it's manifesting. A little lost. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, We'll talk to you in a month or for the listener in just a few seconds.
1: Hey Katie, I'm recording this bit before we chat, before you join the Zoom call, and I just wanted to say that I'm really looking forward to this. It's very interesting when I'm going through different things during this readjustment period in Germany to think, hmm, I wonder how that's going to come up on my check-in with Katie. So thanks for this. This has been fun. No matter what happens with this, I'm enjoying the process. So thanks. All right, so now through the magic of radio, we
0: have arrived in Berlin, Germany in, in an instant. Now, of course, this didn't instantly happen for you, Stephanie, but you are there.
1: I am. I'm in Berlin. How's it going? Yeah, I, it's, it's going good. Yeah.
0: Okay, so before we get into your first month or so in Berlin, can you tell us what the last night was like in Asia? Do you remember now? Is it too far away? Is it too distant?
1: Wow. No, I remember it clearly because we actually flew at one o'clock in the morning, our (laughs) last night in Asia. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. So we packed up the last of the apartment, gave away a lot of stuff to the people working in the apartment building. We went to the airport and I actually thought that I lost my wedding ring when we left, because we left the keys on the counter and locked the door as we were leaving the apartment. And somehow between a quick video that I did for Instagram, five minutes before we left and getting into the taxi with like a gazillion suitcases, the ring was gone from my hand. And so I literally spent the entire way to the airport, which is about an hour, just very sad that I had lost our wedding ring during this big change and I was like oh my gosh this is so ominous spoiler it was at the bottom of one of my bags but not the one I checked Ah. so and the rest of the night was spent in the airport until we boarded
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you didn't get to do that that long reflecting last look at the city as you're driving through it toward the airport
1: it's not really that kind of city no <laughs> they the really pretty parts are all along the water and you pretty much are there for two seconds most of it's just through density and then into nowhere all right fair enough so all
0: right so let's talk about the new chapter the new chapter has begun da, da, da. what has been the hardest part of the transition so far would you say
1: this is going to sound really weird to people that haven't lived in um in the parts of asia that i have lived in is the qualifier that i'll do but is slowing down i knew that i got used to a rapid pace of doing things in china for example in shanghai there really aren't office hours they might be listed somewhere but you're pretty much expected to do stuff all the time and i could put up boundaries because my job was a little bit different than a lot of folks but you never had to think, oh, should I send this message at this time of day? Or maybe I should turn off my phone because nothing's going to happen. Like it was really a 24-hour city in the best and worst ways. If I was cooking and I needed an egg, I could get a delivery any time, day or night. But there's also the opposite side of that. So coming to Berlin where literally, <laughs> and this is true for most of the country, most things are closed on Sundays. And what I didn't realize when I heard that is that Saturdays are highly compromised <laughs> if you want to get anything done everything is either not open or closed at like 1 or 2 p.m. But it's not just the stores, people's, I don't want to say work ethic, but they have very clear boundaries with work, which is one of the reasons we moved here. But on the flip side of that, getting anything done, we have to develop a patience for, I guess it'll happen tomorrow. I guess it'll happen tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, It, it goes back to the thing Tiffany and I always talk about when it comes to Rome is that you have to get used to that pace of, if you get one thing done in a day, it's good. That's it, one thing. That's an amazing day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shooting for one a week. One a week. (laughs) (laughs) That is a big change. Huge. Uh, So how are you finding that, I mean, I know that you're, you're barely there yet, so of course you haven't fully adjusted to it yet, but are you finding that that more relaxed pace, how has it changed you personally? Does it
1: fit with you okay? Oh, yeah. Again, it's one of the reasons that we've moved here, so I'm finding that amongst the stress of trying to get the paperwork done that I know this is going to take months, there are some really relaxing moments where we're like, there's just nothing we can do today. And so we'll end up going for long walks or sitting in a cafe for a long time, or we actually broke out, our, we have this little travel magnetic Scrabble board that we haven't used in a few years because we've been so busy. And we actually broke it out a few times. You're definitely embracing the slowness of it, but I have to catch myself and go, okay, this is why we're here. I want this. This is part of the decision. Now I have to actually be here and act like this.
0: We're going to check in six months from now as our final chapter of this grand experiment. What do you want Stephanie to be like six months from here? (laughs) And then we'll see if you actually accomplished it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Well, the paperwork should either be over or on the company stage at that point. I should either be on a job seeker visa, employed, or on a freelancer visa. Wherever I fall in the next month, I should be more stable as far as how long I'm going to be here. Whereas right now, I haven't even applied for any visa yet because we just got the first bit of paperwork to do the second bit of paperwork. And so we're just at the beginning stage of knowing if we can stay past the tourist visa. So six months from now, I definitely want to be, I want to know if I'm going to be here another year or if we need to find another place to go,
0: (laughs) which I'm really hoping is not the case. So it sounds like because you don't know about the paperwork that it's possible that you might not be in Berlin very long at all. Uh, You may not even be in Berlin the next time we talk. I might not. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that change how you're treating the experience of being there? Are you feeling like you're temporary? Like right now you're just touring around and seeing what you can see and yes, doing some work on the side, but enjoying the city as if it's just a mistress you're courting for a moment (laughs) (laughs) versus are you treating it like this is gonna be our home, I gotta figure this all out.
1: I'm very surprised to tell you that unlike my former temporary self, I'm treating it like there's nothing left. I'm taking the German course and that paperwork goes towards my visa in addition to trying to learn some language so I can maneuver more and do things just in general. I'm making heaps of contacts that I can then kind of show the visa office, look, I've I've already gotten started on the job search, and this is what I can add to this part of this community, this workforce, this Germany in general. They want people to add to the country. That makes sense. So I'm really, not frantically, because it's actually really fun to make these connections, but I'm really, really kind of spreading myself around to get to know everything I can so that no sane person would be like, no, I'm sorry, we don't want you here.
0: All right. And uh, one final question, and then we'll see, we'll do another time travel, and we'll see. (laughs) You talked about that in each new place, it's not just a new chapter. It's like a discovery within yourself, right? That Mm -hmm. the Stephanie that you discover here is a different Stephanie from the, the person you discover there. So can we encapsulate the two Stephanies as they are today? The one we met first and the one we met, we're meeting today. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, has anything about me changed yet kind of thing? hmm I was thinking about this before we started recording, and it's been different this time because I've led with my interest versus letting the country show me what's there. And I think part of that is because I didn't come in with a job, nerve-wracking as that is. I'm looking for one eventually. So I came in and was like, well, I like to do these things. I want to do these things. I have the time. Let's just go do them up front. Instead of waiting to see what was happening in the city, I had the time and the headspace and the desire. And so I think being able to lead with the things that I'm passionate about has brought out a slightly more outgoing side of me than I've been in a really long time. It's not something that didn't exist, it's just I had the headspace and the finances to be honest to 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 do this. So it's been kind of nice. Yeah. And that slower pace is helping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, okay, well let's let's leave it there. We'll say goodbye for now and I'll see you in just a second and in forward in time. Yay okay i'm recording how about you
1: yeah all right
0: and now by the magic of radio we've arrived (laughs) six months later it's july and and how naive we sounded (laughs) right we just did not even know what was right around the corner but you are i assume still in berlin i am you've now been there for six months what's your overall impression So far, obviously, the pandemic makes it weird, but what's the impression so far?
1: Yeah, almost eight, because we got here literally January 1st. So I've been here all but one hour of this year. And my general impression is um, (laughs) I've been in expat bubbles. I've been in language bubbles. I've been in things where I couldn't get into the culture. But COVID put that extra layer of get away don't immerse yourself (laughs) so it's it's been strange because i've been in germany this whole time but i still don't feel like i've really been exposed to a lot of german things yeah in germany yeah so i'm i'm still yet to experience a whole lot of stuff here
0: yeah I mean, you've mainly had to be in your apartment, I assume.
1: Are you guys done with the lockdown?
0: Are you out moving around?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had lockdown before the US and then we came out of it before. So we've been out of it, I think, since May. But but with very regulated, very strict rules that are most of the time, but not always really enforced. There's social distancing in restaurants, generally parks, sometimes you know those kinds of things like there's there's definite things in place that you can and can't do the mask thing is not a question you just wear it when you go inside period end of story there's no fights in stores like what i'm seeing on facebook in the u.s they're just it's just like no you're not coming in kind of thing so it um so they've they've got that layer of thing they also have the phone tracking app which apparently has some issues but they're working on it so there's there's things like that that make me feel more comfortable than not. And the mortality rate has been incredibly, incredibly low. Mm. So when you were locked down and you're fairly new to
0: Mm -hmm. this country, what was that like? How did you supply yourself? How did you cope with it?
1: We got really lucky. The first week I didn't think that because I had just started to build up a social community around me i was going to in-person classes for a while like german classes and so i was starting to like get to know people and get to know the city and to explore and so the first week i was just a two-year-old just going i know it's a global pandemic and i don't want to spread it but why is this happening right now i really need more more social time with people blah, blah blah but we actually ended up living right next to the biggest park in Berlin, a Tempelhoffeld, which is an old airfield, an old military airfield. And it, it still looks like that only without the military people and the, the services and things like that. So it's a giant, giant brown and somewhat green field that you can do anything in. And because the place is so big and people generally weren't taking like metros and things, that it was usually just the people that lived around it. So it's this giant open space during spring when it was warmer i won't say warm because that's a lie but it was warmer (laughs) and so i literally would leave at like maybe 10 a.m and come back at like 8 p.m and i would spend the whole day at the park wow because there was nothing else i could do and what would you do just read think run around yeah i walked a lot i read some i listened to a lot of podcasts i finally got caught up on my podcasts and that has since gone away Mm -hmm. Uh, i studied my german um and that's pretty much it. It was a lot of walking. I hit a lot of days where I was doing 20,000 steps and my hips actually started to hurt. And I was like, okay, maybe a little more sitting down than <laughs> walking. But but I was really, really grateful to have that giant, giant... There's parks all over Berlin, but I was really happy to have that giant park right there because it, it worked off a lot of the stress of not knowing what was happening during that very bizarre period at the beginning of the pandemic when we're all just like, what? yeah. <laughs> When you move to a brand new place and you guys are settling
0: in for a while, but you're still brand new, has it been sort of lonely?
1: It was at first, but I've I've been an expat for the majority of the past 15 or 16 years. Part of me has accumulated an online community during that whole time that's still there no matter what happens. And that will never, ever replace in-person contact. But I still had that actively going on. It's just the in-person stuff I was trying to build up wasn't... It just got a serious pause where I'm just starting now to reconnect with people that I met in January and February. And so, yeah, so it was a little bit lonely, but I was I was really busy. I was determined to get to the heart of a medical thing that I thought was happening to get to the the job and then the next visa and to get settled in. So I'm like, okay, so it's going to be a little bit lonelier while this happens, but then we'll be here long term and things will work out great. And this will still happen. And bright eyed, bushy tail kind of trudge forward attitude, at least at the beginning of of it. (laughs) (laughs) I know
0: it comes in waves for sure. I mean, since you had just moved, and then this happened, did you ever wish that you hadn't moved? It's almost as if you had your choice of this country or that country in being in this situation.
1: Well, by this, I was in China before this. Yeah. And our apartment in China was infinitely less comfortable. I'm an outdoor person. So us being near a park that big was wonderful. There were lots of parks in China. But as we all know, the air pollution is not that great, especially in the cities. So my options, had we been in China during lockdown, would have been in the apartment for weeks I already had some issues with the isolation here in Germany, even with all of that sun exposure and walking and all of that. So having done that in a very tiny, uncomfortable space in a city that I couldn't even open the window without feeling uncomfortable would have been infinitely worse. So there was never a question of, am I glad I moved to Germany? It was more of, why now (laughs) of all times (laughs) would there have been a better time that you can imagine for this all to happen i know that sounds weird to say but yeah after i knew where i was going to be longer term it would have been less uncertainty Mm -hmm. the amount of uncertainty of the health problem not having a job being new to a place not knowing how long we were going to stay having to switch apartments mid lockdown and the visa and all of those things and covid all at once hitting was a bit too much so a little less uncertainty would have made it better for me selfishly yes for the whole world of course not it's a horrible situation and i honestly wish it wasn't happening but selfishly yeah
0: do you want to tell us about the health problem
1: or no yeah, they're extremely briefly, because it does tie into the COVID thing, is um, I had a head injury before I got here that I thought things were resolved, turned into vertigo just before we got here. Yay. And I thought it was gone. And it's interesting because I was looking at the last time we talked in my calendar, and the last time we talked was three days before one of the rounds of vertigo. mm. And so the vertigo led to what I didn't know was anxiety, which led to panic attacks. And I hit rock bottom somewhere in May and have been doing some, believe it or not, there are panic attack courses online that you can buy in addition to online counselors and all kinds of things. And I've seen lots of doctors because I thought it was all because of the head injury and blah, 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 blah. It all kind of snowballed Mm -hmm. um, into a, a very, very weird new place for me. But the isolation of COVID definitely helped with helped fuel the anxiety and the panic with that because there wasn't a lot of joy and laughter and just general connection with people to kind of help with the stress of it building up so
0: yeah yeah we in the United States are in a very different situation than you because we're still going up and up and up mm-hmm. we're not locked down per se but I don't know we should be <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe just to try to get it under control Which is very frustrating. But are you finding now that that things are a little looser, that the anxiety, the panic attacks are starting to drop? Or is that something now that you have to continue dealing with?
1: It was, it was, I don't know exactly when they started, but I imagine they probably started with the head injury in November, if not sooner. So it was a slow build that COVID fed into, but it wasn't just because of COVID, and it's got so many intricate things, the, the things that are helping the panic attacks have nothing to do with certainty of any variety, it's doing a lot of mind work, meditation, yoga, all kinds of all kinds of things. But honestly, as much as Germany is doing things methodically, people are people. I mean, Berlin's known for its party scene, and the parties have not stopped the entire time. They've just gone underground. Occasionally, they've gone on the river, and there's been boat parties that have caused surges in the cases and all those kinds of things. So there's there's people that aren't necessarily adhering to what they should do as much as the rules are in place. Yeah, there was a, a surge at a meatpacking plant because they weren't adhering to— um, I mean, how could you, on an assembly line, adhere to spacing regulations but yeah they weren't and so they had, I believe they had to actually close it down for a little bit and so those kinds of things so no I wish I could say as soon as COVID let up everything was fine but it's it's gonna be a long year either way
0: yeah it is gonna be a long year what was the head injury how'd you get hurt <laughs> <laughs> I asked that as a person who's got multiple head injuries
1: <laughs> oh my gosh It is the weirdest. I can laugh at it now, but man, have I played it in my head? Like, did that really happen? (laughs) It's not tragic at all. I wasn't hit by anything. I literally was in a restaurant in Shanghai, a very nice restaurant, and I really enjoyed the meal, by the way, but the (laughs) chair was kind of wonky. And when I got up, I was not really, there was like a step to my right and I'd be down on flat ground or there's a step to my in front of me and I'd be on, on flat ground. And for some reason, I did the step to the right. I'm not a coordinated person. (laughs) and so when I did that going from a wonky chair onto a couple of steps that weren't necessarily in great order I instead of actually walking down and leaving the restaurant I flew sideways or I dropped sideways onto this giant plant pot that was maybe four feet tall and extremely hard and I fell right on the side of my head apparently in an area where you can't do a lot of damage that's good so I got incredibly lucky but of course rushed to the doctor's office anyway to make sure that 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 was the case because it hurt and it made sounds when i hit it that were just that will never leave my head <laughs> literally <Yeah. laughs> so. it's
0: not the cartoon clang but it is no. so sort of the uh, oh it's the crunch
1: yeah i don't think i could make those sounds with my mouth but they were they were weird and i hope i n- to never hear them again <laughs>
0: It's interesting when you get a head injury like that, but also undergo so much change. It's sort of, I wonder if that's sort of why you end up going down this spiral. It's it's like so many stressful things happening all at once.
1: There's so many things that fed into it. And to be quite honest with you, it was probably a build-up over years, but it took a few things hitting at once to bring it out. And to be quite honest with you, I can say this now because I'm having a good hour, but when I'm done kind of sorting things out I think I'm actually going to be a calmer person than even like a year or two ago like I think there's just things that I didn't even realize that I was doing that were kind of ridiculous fears that I had that were just unwarranted that just started to build like what um (laughs) fears of going on the metro because if anything happened nobody would save us fears of elevators I've had since I got stuck in one I've just kind of like build up these fear. I mean, I've been claustrophobic my whole life, but the number of places to feel claustrophobic started to get bigger. At the worst part of the panic attacks, putting on my mask made me claustrophobic, mm. and that was like, oh gosh, something's. This is not good. This is really not good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you have a lot of work to do, but but outlook wise, so let's say twenty twenty is a wash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's funny because. As much as my, let's just say health, health, medical health, physical health was going down a spiral of sorts, I was trying to keep busy during my sane moments with things I was doing online with the podcast and I started to do like services for some clients and things like that. So I I was channeling what energy I could into things that brought me joy to kind of keep a foot in grounded things And that has led to a lot of really cool things happening in 2020 that's almost the exact opposite of all of the other stuff going bad the worse my panic attacks got, the more I would kind of dive into stuff when I could do stuff and, and made progress on things. So it was it was this weird thing. So it's like, well, if I get the panic attacks under control, am I going to peter out with my inner creative energy?
0: <laughs> yeah, are you just going to become a, a bowl of mush? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I have dreams of being a couch potato. <laughs> yeah. No, probably not. But it was an interesting thing to watch kind of happen. Yeah, so there there has been good things in 2020. It's just really hard to focus on them because the bad things were pretty intense. Yeah. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people in this this year, too.
0: For sure. Well, since you have so many different creative projects going to end, is there seems to me like you're always coming up with new ideas. So what would you want people to know about right now if they want to seek you out more?
1: Oh, gosh. So the the geopats podcast which used to be a combination of a few different podcasts into one has now reversed and broken out into its own podcast so it's now a network so if people go to either stephfugio.com or they just literally type in g-e-o-p-a-t-s in their podcast app they'll see i think there's seven or eight podcasts there now and i'm still transferring a few of them over so they'll they'll see quite a few of them yeah (laughs) Focusing more on the individual audiences, the sponsorships that go with them and the services that go with them and like everything attached to that. Not with all of them. Some of them will just be in the audio archive and some of them will be active a lot. Well, we'll
0: check it out. Yay. And I'll put a link in our show notes for everybody. Hurrah. Well, hang in there. I hope things continue to get better. It's been interesting on this journey of watching you move. So oh, thanks man. for letting us in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wish me luck. We're actually, we just applied for a visa extension two weeks ago. Mm. And generally they don't, they don't extend the kind of visa, the job seeker visa that we're on because it's six months to begin with. So they figure if you don't find a job in six months, you're out. But with COVID, they're being very kind. Yes. and. The rumor has it, they're extending all of them. So fingers crossed I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. Yeah. One
0: more question. Do you have a sense? I know it's hard. You don't have a great sense of what it will be like to be in Germany because it's been so different. But is your goal still to be there for the next however many years? To stay there for as long as possible?
1: Yeah. If we can. If we can. The longer I'm here, even though I can't really see I can't really participate in the culture so much, I can see what it would be and the things that I think heard existed read about existed that kind of thing are really really here the work life balance truly is here they have a ridiculous amount of holidays there is a really big sense of like alone not alone time but like friend time family time that kind of thing people do a lot outdoors all of those things really do exist here and that is really where I want to be so we'll see what happens but yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, well, Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you.
0: And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Our logo is designed by Jody Rick at the Lost Laboratory. With help from our muse, Caravaggio. Lori Lee Elliott manages The Bittersweet Life on YouTube. We have a brand new newsletter. If you want to hear what we're reading and thinking about once a month, let us know by sending an email to com and we'll put you on the list. And some of you write us the most beautiful emails. If you haven't already, leave us a review as well on your podcast app. Your support is vital to the show, so whether you send in a financial contribution at thebittersweetlife.net, or spread the word about the show to your friends or through your social media by writing an article or doing an interview with us, we appreciate your support. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts, for keeping this show going take care be safe talk soon